You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yup. And welcome back to Talking Nicks. Today's date, January 7th. You're listening, or you're listening after that. The Knicks are coming off a one-in-one week. They, they end their eight-game losing streak. Times are good in Nick Nation, kind of. They lose to the Nuggets earlier in the week. They beat the Lakers without LeBron. I'm joined by Kenneth Poon and Tom Piccolo. Let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. Post and toes up and then stuffing. Welcome back, Cotter. And how's everyone doing on this episode of Talking Knicks? As previously mentioned, I am Jake Storielli, joined by Tom Piccolo and Kenny Poon. Tom, I'm going to start with you because Ken's being a total wild card right now. We'll we'll see where it lands, but how you doing, brother? How how was your week weekend? Jake, the weekend was pretty good. Uh, Friday, I saw Bird Box. Ooh, Aiden, watched this uh this meme generating Bird Box with my wife Rose. Yes. Um, it it was solid. Sandra Sandra Bullock had a nice uh, performance there. Am I am I sounding a little uh? Am I repeating myself a little bit? I've got a little echo. Are you talking Bird Box? <laughs> I mean, the thing about Bird Box is that you can't you, – you need to have your eyes, like, pretty much closed at all right. times. And I kind of wish I had my eyes closed watching the Knicks. Oh. Okay. That was, Segway. No, that was too easy. It was too early for the Segway, too. Um, so yesterday, I actually went and got dinner with Kenny and his family. Real talking Knicks reunion. Got some Chinese food here in Fairfield, Connecticut. I just called – what? I just call it food. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. We're really going for that low-hanging food <laughs> this week. But uh, no, um, I will say I got one other thing to talk about, and it's another Netflix-related thing, really plugging yes. Netflix, a sponsor. Yeah. My wife started watching this Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Have you guys heard of this? No. Oh, I, I was there with you, Tom. You watched an episode with us last night. Um, so basically the premise is Marie Kondo is this, she's this Japanese organizer and she declutters homes of hoarders. Oh no. And so my wife is just on a kick. Just, she made me pile all my clothes in, oh, her, no. in my room and like get, donate five to five to eight things. And she's like going through my shoes being like, do you wear these shoes? And so, uh, no, it's a nice respite here talking about the Knicks with you guys. Yeah, so let's let's just rip into Tom's wife. No, that's a, that's brutal. I have to hide that show, um, because yeah, that's my nightmare. That's a living nightmare. So thank you, Netflix, our favorite sponsor, Kenny Poon. Just what? dishing fire today. <laughs> What's up, Cat? Um, nothing. You know, same as Tom. I I Tom took all the stuff I had to talk about. I guess. We also played some basketball yesterday, which you didn't mention. And? And we won a few games. Uh, I'll give give you the fact that the competition was not stellar, but uh, we we had some good games, a lot of of good passing, which you don't usually see in in pickup basketball, but we look good out there, and I think think we could challenge the Knicks at, at some point. Man, Kenny and I are just so fundamental. It it has to make other people sick who just want to play like pickup basketball. Like Kenny and I are talking on defense, switching screens, like really getting after it. And, it, and yeah, I can see why people would not want to play pickup basketball with us at all. I cannot tell you how many just backdoor cuts we we nailed. You know, like and and these people we were playing with had no idea what to do with it. I think it's pretty funny that, what, a year and a half into Talking Knicks, and I think this is the first episode where we've been like, great passing, 
just screens, communicating on defense, beautiful basketball. I don't think we've said those words, but I'm glad you guys took it to the streets for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's, you know, honestly, it was nice. It was nice to see because like you said, we don't see it enough with the Knicks and we never miss an opportunity to pat ourselves on the back, so. <laughs> right. which is most important. Um, are you, are you guys getting any old man in your game yet? Like, do you feel that something's adopted? Are you aiming for the glass more? I hit one bank shot yesterday, but I did call glass. So okay. I, I kind of, I guess. So for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to go the other direction. I'm not incorporating any old man, which is, which is worrisome going forward right. because I really am just relying on athleticism still and it is waning. So, uh, or is it waxing? I don't know which one it's doing, but, uh, it's, it's fading. And, uh, one of these days it's going to be gone. And I'm going to really wish that I developed this, the old man game, the pivots, the footwork, the, the kind of like blow the belt dirty stuff that old men inevitably do in basketball games. Um, And I get, I, I gotta say a couple of the guys we played with old men. Had old man games. Prototypical uh, old man games. Prototypical old man games. You know, the old, um, the what Jackie Moon did in semi-pro where he just like, doesn't dribble and takes two steps and throws it up at the rim. It's a good move. Questionable legality. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been one of my standard moves since the, the start of time. Start of time, that's dramatic, Jake. Um, hey, yeah, I... No, I, no, I I think you invented the James Harden step back. It's true. That's at true. The new Milford game freshman year of high school. That's a uh, wow. Was that a gather step or did I, I just, <laughs> I basically moonwalked and hit a three point shot freshman year of high school. It dropped. Everyone in the stands kind of looked at each other. Like, are we just going to give the chubby kid that travel? Um, <laughs> enough about me. Yeah, I'm scared. I don't my old man game, when you see what I operate with on the basketball court, I'm just the guy that fouls more. Like I'm just some 17-year-old makes a nice move and goes up for a layup and I just like chop him in the balls and it's like, "Oh." <laughs> and you're just like good good foul. <laughs> you're, you're the one saying it's a good foul. I guess I guess we don't play no blood no foul. <laughs> like get out of here, dude. That's the key. Is you just got to you got to play like that's not even a foul. Like what? I didn't get you. And then you know that that's great defense. Like the millennials are soft approach. I, I, yeah. I think that um, Jake and I do want to set you up a little bit because you kind of had an interesting weekend. I think you went and saw a some stand up comedy. Is that right? Yeah, I, uh, I I've been sick since the New Year's and I've been playing it cool. Um, and then uh, one of our friends told us that Pete Davidson was playing um, at the local comedy works of Saturday Night Live fame. Yeah, uh, Ariana Grande fame. And uh, he was okay, man. A couple of his buddies killed it. Um, I, I should really look it up and say their names, but I probably won't right now. Um, and Pete Davidson was Pete Davidson after a breakup. I mean, he didn't look great, but he didn't look great before. Uh, he, had, he had a couple good jokes. I, I will say the one, the, the thing he said that's not giving away too much of his set, which I, I think is good humor, and I, I mentioned it briefly on Talking Yanks, but he said that, Ariana's like team after the breakup, he he was gonna say something on SNL and they heard about that. And he he was gonna say something nice, like we're broken up, like it is what it is, blah blah blah. But <laughs> her team heard Pete Davidson was gonna say something, which normally that track record <laughs> means something worse than that. So they released the song and uh <laughs> So him, it's 30 minutes before SNL. Him and a couple of his buddies are listening to it for the first time. Thank you, next? Yes. Okay. And so five seconds in, he goes, one of my buddies turns to me and he goes, bro, she said your name. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> Thank you. And then 25 seconds in, his other buddy goes, fuck, dude, it's pretty catchy. <laughs> 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 so... That that was good. Again, I don't I don't want to give away too much of his stuff. He he did do some Ariana stuff. Um, man, a, a couple of his buddies really ripped it. Um, I I I don't I don't know the full connection. He he said they were friends. One guy was an SNL 
um, writer. That that guy was kind of ye, but uh, it it was good. I, and Pete, I you know if if you're one of those people that worries about celebrities going too far in the deep end, he he looked fine. He had a couple drinks, but he's I think he's gonna make it. So, and this was talking Knicks. Thank you guys so much. Rate, subscribe. No, no, that was. That was fun. That was friends having fun, and I, I appreciate you guys listening to that. Um, we've already talked good basketball. Now let's translate again to more of my dick shot fouls under the rim basketball in the New York Knicks. Tommy, Ken, we, we have two games this week. At the Nuggets, which was my one chance to go see them this year and was probably the sickest I've been in three years, so I was pretty happy about that. Um, Moutier's return game, uh, Vengeance, is in the air. Uh, not so much, my friend. Uh, Nuggets end up winning 115-108. to 108. They outscore the Knicks 33-24 to 24 in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the stat lines like who I want to compliment. I guess Cornette had the best game. Tom, what, what, what do you have about this Nuggets-Knicks game? Jokic, triple-double. Yeah, I mean, Cornette's been a flamethrower since he's been starting, and even a little bit before that. Uh, Moutier, he got his shots up. He, he definitely gave him yeah. a couple of chance. Uh, put up 15 points on 7 of 20 shooting. Nine assists. I mean, that's probably the most assists. I haven't looked it up, but I'd say the most assists by a Knicks player. Maybe this season, has anyone had double-digit assists this year? I don't know. I feel like we have. I, I might. I'll dig into that. Yeah, ch- check it out. I'd be curious. Um, I think Moutier had a tennis this game, but but nine has got to be on the on the upper uh, end of the spectrum. There, it was. It's nice to see the Knicks competing, especially through three quarters. They were beating the best, the team with the best record in the West. It's, I mean, you would take that ten times out of ten. Um, Kevin Knox was aggressive. It got up sixteen shots. He wasn't wasn't hitting necessarily, but finished with eighteen points. Yeah, I mean, it was a really a team effort. That's the thing. Tim Hardaway Jr. was super efficient, 7 of 12 from the field. Can't even remember the last time he shot that well, especially from, from two-point range. He was uh, 6 of 8 from two. So good to see that from Timmy, getting a little bit of his touch from inside the arc. Um, but, yeah, this is this is the kind of game you want to see from from the Knicks. Like, they're, they're young guys stepping up, playing against some of the top-tier um, top tier teams in the West, and, and they still got a loss for the tank, so – all in all, can't complain too much about this game. Kenny, before I pass it to you, and while assists are on the tongue, <laughs> so Trey Burke has had an 11-assist game this year, uh, November 21st against Boston, that win in the Garden. Mm-hmm. The second highest total is nine, which Moutier tied uh, in the Nuggets game, like we're talking about. <laughs> Did he tie with Vonley or something weird? <laughs> Noah Vonley. I knew it, yeah. Vonley put up a nine spot in the assist column against Charlotte December 9th. So his old uh, team. Yeah, I mean, when when those sparks fly in a Knickerbockers game. Uh Kenneth. That's bad. That's bad. Like <laughs> That's that's bad. I didn't know it was that dire. I, I mean, I know we don't pass the ball particularly well, but one double-digit assist game for the team this far into the season? Yikes. And I, I maybe this is a segue, but I, I know you guys saw the, uh, the quote from Fizdale where it's just basically like, there's too many guys on short contracts, and you know, if I can't convince these people to pass to each other, we're just going to keep losing. It's like, I, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I was like, that's kind of a weird thing to say as the coach of this team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we've kind of talked about this in our, our group chat, and I think we're, we're scared because you end up going down an alley that's a little unnecessary. But let's be honest, we haven't loved Fisdale this year. He's, he came out to start the year, and he was fun on the sidelines. But the substitutions and some of these recent quotes, and there's that uh, we talked about playing Frank and Dotson more. Um, I don't know, Tommy. I, I I don't know if we want to start veering down a Fisdale rant or anything like that. But I think we need to save that for uh, probably later, either later in the pod or later in the season. Um, I'm 
I don't even, I don't think we need to go there yet. It, it was interesting that comment specifically though, because if you look at the Knicks, probably like biggest gunner at this point, it's Tim Hardaway Jr. Who's on a longer contract than anybody. So I don't think it's necessarily a function of the years on the contract. Um, I mean, Kevin Knox gets his shots up. He has not been a distributor in any sense of the word. And he's on the books for, for a few more years now. So, and we, we also talked about, it's kind of the composition of the team where Trey Burke, um, Tim Hardaway, Jr. um, Enos Cantor are just guys who Alonzo Trier are guys who just aren't known for passing. They're all of them are ISO guys. So, you know, I think it's just a function of who's on the team more than, their contracts in particular. I agree with that. Yeah. And I, Hey, Hey man, I, I think you're the coach and it's your job to make those players pass well and play well. I don't, I don't, I won't go deep down that wormhole. Uh, just for Schlitz and giggles. I Googled, <laughs> I looked at the Orlando magic and uh, Vucevic had a 12 assist game, game three of the season, but he's, you know, he's got one of those deals that lasts forever. So he loves passing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and this is talking next, but the Nuggets game, that's eight straight losses. Um, the best team in the West. I, I don't know what we truly expected. Um, I don't know if you guys have any closing notes on that game. Otherwise, I think we send it to the Lake Show. I just want to say Frank played solid, guys. Frank had a solid game in only 18 minutes. Definitely worth talking about Frank, and maybe we'll we'll hit on that just in general. But um, he, he got hurt in this one. Uh, I'm sorry, he got hurt in the Lakers one. We, we can move on to the Lakers game. Well, I'll, 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 I'll help Kenny out here. I mean, Frank goes four of six, two of three from three, uh, five assists, zero turnovers, a 10 and five game with a steal. I mean, this is... <laughs> This is what we've been begging for. Um, and again, who? And we're almost looking for someone to point the finger at. Is it Fizz? Is it Frank? Uh, Kenny, your boy plays a pretty good game. Um, I think. I think that's it. Well, and Jake, I, I wrote a, a one of my columns for the Basketball Index. It was one of those three, two, one, three observations, two questions, and a prediction. Yes. For the B-ball Index, and I did touch on Frank's performance because it just the fact that he only got 18 minutes didn't seem to uh, it wasn't in line with Fisdale's philosophy where players who have been aggressive offensively have been given longer rope, right? So guys like Trier, they make mistakes, sure, but they make aggressive mistakes. And it's like Neil Akeen has been too passive, and that's been kind of the reason that he's used to keep Frank on the bench. So in this game, Frank came out with an aggressive mindset. And I, I'm, I in the article, I touched on it, but he was really making plays for others too. He had some really slick passes. And he was driving. He was creating out for others, which you know Trier doesn't even do. But um, yeah, it was just, it was very strange that he was able, that he was so aggressive and got so limited minutes. And uh, I know Nick's Nation, Nick's Twitter was really talking a lot about that as well. And I'd have to check out the defense a little more. But you guys know my dream for Frank is this guy that can smother the smaller scoring guards, which is Jamal Murray. Um, and I mean, Jamal Murray only scores eight points this game. Again, I'd have to go through and see how often Frank was on him. But uh, we're, we're talking about this team, the Denver Nuggets, that's leading the Western Conference. Um, and hey, Frank puts up a good game. Tom, I, I hate that you brought it up, but you're completely right to bring it up. You know, why wasn't this a 30-minute game from Frank? And why didn't he go, you know, why did Manny Moutier shoot 20 shots? Uh, in the Denver Nuggets revenge game, but so I, let me if I can jump in there. I think a lot of people made a a point before the game that uh, Moutier had a great game in Memphis, which was Fizdale's return game that they won. So they said, you know, the, he's probably going to give Moutier an extra long leash, let him try to kind of have his revenge game. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. Well, it's weird when that's how your team plays basketball. But again, this is talking Knicks. Luke Cornett, 19 points. Knock yourself out, buddy. Um, the team travels further west to play the Lake Show uh, sans LeBron, uh, which helps sans Kyle Kuzma. And, hey, the young guys get one. Um, I don't know. They break the losing streak. Uh, we see Timmy with a, a such a Tim Hardaway game, 7 of 18, 3 of 10 from 3, 5 of 5 from the line, 22 points. 
Canner does his 16 and 15 routine off the bench. Trey Burke show shows up. Um, our Knicks get a W against the Lakers without their two best players. Do we, do we yell from the rafters? Are we mad the tanks off? Um, do we want to talk about us playing pickup basketball again? What do we do? I'd, I'd like to go back to playing pickup basketball. So, <laughs> okay. Since you gave us that option. But, um, I mean, it was good to get a win, but for a win, like, I'm not too pumped about how we the, – the lineup to close the game. We had Cantor and Hazonia both in there, who I don't foresee being a part of the future. Um, and has, I mean, to, to, to his credit, Hazonia played well, but like, I don't see him being a part of the future and I would prefer him to not, um, work his way back into the rotation and take minutes of people who will be on the team in the future. Uh, but it's nice to get a win and, uh, we beat LeBron James's team. I don't care that he wasn't playing. It was his team and I don't like him. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that just for the good of the locker room, you need, some wins just to sprinkle them in every once in a while Uh, this this was a pretty badly needed win i think um and kenny's right some of the the guys who stepped up towards the end of the game weren't guys who would probably be a part of the future cancer hit the hit two buckets that were really uh that kind of changed the game and in the knicks favor hazonia was he was really good he was running in transition i I like that hazonia just plays hard sometimes i wish that uh, Knox played with a little bit more energy or force that Hazonia plays with because he cuts a lot off ball. It's really kind of Hazonia's thing. And uh, I'd like to see Knox do that a little more, hopefully learns from him. But um, that'll be the end of my comparisons between Hazonia and Knox. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. No, but – and then in this one, I did mention before that Frank got hurt uh, less than a minute into his stint, which was a major bummer because after Frank goes out, it's like, ah, I want to watch this game a little less. <laughs> that is one of the few reasons I'm currently watching this. Uh, but as I Google it, you can get your NBA All-Star vote in for Frank still, which I don't see it playing out how we hope this year. Uh, yeah, Frank gets a little ankle injury. Well, over Dwayne Wade, Jake? I don't think so. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Um, but it is good that Cantor gets to take down his arch nemesis, LeBron. Can, can, we, can we go back to what Tom just said for a second? For those of you who haven't looked... Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Wade is currently starting in the all-star game, even though he doesn't start for the Miami heat. And Derek Rose is currently starting in the all-star game, even though he doesn't start for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I find that crazy, but you know, the people are allowed to vote. So they do. And sometimes they do stupid things. <laughs> it's getting a little political for my taste. I didn't say anything political, Tom. <laughs> Jake, you still there? Think we killed Jake? Well, we lost Jake. But so, um, I guess I guess we'll continue on until Jake figures his situation out. But the whole uh, one of the things about this game is the Knicks did not shoot it particularly well in a W. They shot it thirty-seven for ninety-nine from the field, good for thirty-seven point four percent from the field, and uh, eleven for thirty-seven from three, which is good for twenty-nine point seven percent. So. We got the win, but it was uh, it was an ugly win, Tom. Yeah, Kenny. Usually, when you shoot that poorly from the field and still get a win, you kind of chalk it up to your defense. But I don't know that that's necessarily the case here. I I think a lot of it was getting up forty one free throws. I mean, that's more than twice as many as the Lakers got. Um, it was it was pretty impressive. I, and I will say there were a few times where I thought that like Hazonia got a got some superstar calls that I wouldn't have expected. Um, but in general, it was it was good to see the, the Knicks taking it to the basket, getting fouled, and just being aggressive on offense in general, forcing the refs to to either swallow their whistle or or make the call. And most of the times they did make the call, and, and the Knicks made their free throws. So that that was really the difference in this game. Uh, they made thirty four free throws to the Lakers fifteen. But um, one thing I want to highlight real quick was I, I wrote in my resolutions column that the the Knicks needed to start getting out to a better start that they were the second worst team in the league in first quarters this, this year so far. And they were just getting destroyed, like given a like negative 15 points per hundred possessions or something like that. And this Lakers game marked the second game in a row where they finished the first quarter with the lead. 
And in this one, they went out, they came out to a 39 to 25 lead in the first quarter, which is awesome. You know, you like to see that on the road, just being prepared, being ready to compete. We hadn't seen that for, especially this last call it 10 to 15 game stretch. This one was, uh, it was nice. And it was good to see that they were able to, to translate that into a win. Yeah. And I think they, they shot it particularly well in the first quarter. And I know they, they shot some ridiculous number of threes and made a lot of them to start the game and then just kind of cooled off as the game went, went on. And the one other thing I wanted to bring up that I think, uh, worked in their favor was they were, they were plus 10 on turnovers. The Lakers could not stop throwing the ball away throughout the game. And the Knicks did a good job of taking care of it. I think they only had six turnovers on the game, which is uh, a really good number for them. Yeah. Six turnovers, 12 steals. That's, that's pretty wild. And you're right. They took 37 threes. They got to the free throw line 41 times. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the way you, you win in today's NBA. How about Dame Dot and Vonley with four steals apiece. Those are a couple of your boys, Ken. I love, and uh, someone pointed out that the the Knicks, I think it's their best uh, three-man lineup, is Vonley, Dotson, and Frank. And I love those guys just because they're versatile defenders. You have three versatile defenders on the on the team. They're switchable. Um, you know, Vonley has showed uh, kind of what he could do against Giannis. Uh, and, and I know all of these guys aren't perfect defenders right now, but just having that versatility, it, it, it can't hurt a team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's run these guys out there. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to, not going to do any fizz bashing, but yeah, give me, give me, I mean, Frank Dotson, like that's, I mean, that's what we want. We want the two guard that can play both ways and hit open shots and make a play if he needs to. We want Frank to become whatever he can become as a point guard or as anything as a basketball player. And Von Ley is, you know, a guy who's taking advantage as an opportunity as a big man in this league. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think, I think it's knickknack o'clock, Tom. I think it's time for knickknacks. Your favorite, your favorite named segment. It is my favorite name segment. Um, as you mentioned, Frankie's hurt. He's got the ankle. Um, I, I think, is he day-to-day? Or, or are they giving so, him a week? I, I tried to look into this a little more, and I, I didn't find much information. He has a um, strained ankle, which is Ooh. different from a, a sprained ankle, which Tom and I found out yesterday. A strained ankle I believe has to do with the ligaments, whereas a sprained ankle has to do with the tendons. Is that correct, Tom? You know, I, I don't know that we ever got to the bottom of it. And if we did, I promptly forgot. So uh, one is ligaments, one is tendons, uh, whichever one the strained ankle is, that's what Frank's got. And uh, he was in a walking boot after the game. Um, and uh, I've, all I saw really talking about the injury was Mark Berman uh, said something that it, it may take some time to heal, um, which most injuries do. But I think the suggestion was it might be more than a couple couple days. Yeah, and it looks like, uh, I mean, Mitchell Robinson is still hurt. It looks like his ankle, he's going to be out of the Portland game still. So two of our younger guys, but doesn't this also spin back into – uh, we've laughed amongst ourselves about the the minutes crunch because it's an awkward minutes crunch between awkward players for the most part. Um, I don't know. I guess this is the time. Like, let Hazonia run. Let Moutier run. Whatever it is. So when these guys come back, and I, I don't. This might be. I don't want to say too heavy, but are we at kind of a Knicks lull where we're just. Are we waiting for the wheels to come off even more? Are we waiting for a trade that moves Trey Burke, Courtney Lee? Or, I mean, where are you guys at? I guess I'm just kind of uncomfortable now. Like, I, I know what Knicks basketball is going to be. I feel like something needs to happen, and then it's going to be pure young guy show. And okay, hold on. I just want to jump in. I just tried to Google what happened to what Frank's prognosis is. And Mike Vorkanov an hour ago clarify that is it is a sprained ankle rather than a strained ankle as initially reported so i think that that's usually a, a better prognosis if tom's wife's uh kind of discussion with us is true which no one no one could possibly be sure of she is in the medical field and she uh tried to explain it to us too and you know we sort of understood what was going on i i have a really short attention span so uh 
I was I was more interested in Bird Box. But uh, I, I will say that with, with Mitchell Robinson, I think he's he's supposed to be coming back any day now. And and Jake, to answer your question, um, I'm I'm thinking that like you said, give Hazonia run, give Moutier run, and, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, a lot of Knicks fans are just concerned about getting Zion Williamson. A lot right. of people they're they're ready for the the draft and they want, they want the worst record possible and that's fine. But I think for this season, all we're looking for now is just development from the young guys. It's, it's really, you're, you're going out there and you're looking at Kevin Knox. That's, that's kind of what every game has turned into since Frank's not playing since Mitchell Robinson hasn't been playing. It's really just what is Kevin Knox looking like and, and Trier to an extent, Dotson to an extent, but primarily Knox. And if you can see him, you know, putting up numbers and, and improving, improving facets of his game, then that's that's really all we can ask for for the remainder of this season until some of the other young guys come back. And uh, going first off, another bit of news is uh, Frank has been ruled out for the Portland game, which is tomorrow night as of recording and tonight if you're listening on Monday. Yep. Um, and just kind of going with what Jake said, it does feel like there is a little bit of a lull right now. Um, what we're waiting for something to happen. And I think the something we're waiting, um, waiting for is for someone to get moved. Cause we gotta, we gotta clear some space here in terms of just getting playing times for all the young guys. Cause right now it's a weird problem to have with a possible, with one of the worst teams in the league, but we have too many serviceable players that we need to like give minutes to. And, uh, you wouldn't think we would have that problem, but it's it's become a, a bit of an issue as far as finding minutes for everyone. Yeah, and I I don't know like this. I I remember I was eyeballing this West Coast trip, and I was like, holy smokes, this losing streak is going to get ugly. We've got Portland, Golden State coming up. After that, we we've got kind of a heavy road, or excuse me, heavy homestand. Essentially, January 11th until February 5th. We have two road games, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten home games. So I don't know. That's going to be an interesting stretch. I mean, are we with with ten home games, four away games? Are we going to try to win these games? Are we going to be playing the young guys? Will there be a trade somewhere in that time period? I don't know, but I I can. I think you kind of echoed it a little bit. Like I I think I feel like we're just waiting for the next pin to drop so we can start running Frank out there for 30 minutes, which I feel like we shouldn't need. But I guess in my heart of hearts, it just feels that way. Um, I mean, if you look at the Lakers game, Lance Thomas and Courtney Lee did not get in at all. So like, I'm questioning what the plan is going forward. You know, like, is this it? And I know they've said they've had conversations with those guys about, you know, focusing on development um, moving forward rather than, you know, trying to win necessarily. But it it becomes questionable when uh, those guys are sitting and you're talking about you know giving minutes to other guys who have earned it over guys like say I don't know Frank. So we'll we'll see what happens, but I think uh, we, there's still a, a decent bit of season left uh, before we kind of look back on this season and see what we think. Yeah, and i i I want to go I want to go to a happy place, guys. Uh, I you know not to get heavy with you. Um, no, I, I wanted, when I was eyeing this episode, I, I was like, what, what can we talk about that's happy involving our Knicks? And Tom, you mentioned it. Kevin Knox is the guy we need to be watching right now. He was our, our number one pick. He's been playing well of late. Rookie of the month, Tom. I mean, talk, talk. what have we seen from Knox lately that we like? What do we want to see more of? What do we dislike? Um, Fortnite jackets, what do you have? I think the the most encouraging thing has just been the type of production he's been able to put up, but he just so obviously has so much more room to grow. Like he he really hasn't been all that efficient. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of putting it lightly. Uh, just for the month of December, that, that he was the rookie of the month for December. His points per game, he was putting up seventeen point one points per game. He was shooting forty percent from the field. 38.4% from three and just 64% from the line. So just looking at those numbers alone, like he's doing a great job from three, but from corner three, he's just hitting 31%. So it's all, it's all been above the breaks so, so like usually the typically more difficult three point shot, he's hitting 40.3% on. 
And those are most of his attempts. So like he's proven that he's a, he's a solid three point shooter. And that's awesome to see like a, a wing of his size who can hit threes. That's just, it's going to be very valuable for him going forward. But those other numbers, like his, his efficiency from two, his free throw line field goal percent, his free throw line percentage, like it leaves so much more to be desired. And, and you just have to believe that he's going to improve those parts of his game. And then he's going to be just such a more efficient player. And uh, it's, it's exciting to think about. Yeah, Tom. And I think you kind of, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think that's the most exciting thing about him is he has shown what he can do, but there's still just so much room for improvement. And I know uh, we were laughing amongst ourselves about the, I forget who tweeted it out, but um, someone said that he's still got you know room to grow physically. So they're expecting that maybe he grows another inch or two. Um, and the reasoning for this was because his knees hurt. Uh, I think Fisdale said that. And we're like, that's either a really good thing or a really bad thing, but we'll see. Uh, but no, he's like you said, he's a good shooter uh, so far. And he's a lot more athletic than I anticipated. He's a lot bigger than I anticipated. And I think he is kind of what you're looking for in the league right now, which is a big guy who's athletic. He can rebound. He can shoot. And, you know, hopefully he can develop in uh, some semblance of a defensive game. And uh, then he, he, he could be a real weapon in the future. Yeah, and I, I want to talk about that weaponry a little bit because I, I guess sometimes I get caught up in the – and Ken, the knee thing is so funny because yeah. that's how how that sounds so much like in the Knicks realm of something going horrifically wrong. Like Kevin Knox being like, ah, oh, coach, knee kind of hurts a little bit. And Fizdale goes, oh, you're growing again, huh? And it's like, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> coach, I'm hurt. Um, I mean, coach, I'm, I'm playing by far the most minutes on the team. Like, play me a few fewer. <laughs> Coach, I, my knee really hurts. Oh, you're probably getting a growth spurt. Um, either a good, like I said, either a really good thing or a really bad thing for a 19-year-old. Well, and so we were, were talking. Is that even a thing, by the way? You guys ever heard that before this? I, I have heard that, yeah. yeah. Okay. If you're going through a growth spurt, your joints will hurt, and, and a lot of times your knees. I, I've definitely heard it. but uh, that, That's good news for me then because I've had knee pain since since high school. Yeah, yeah. But you're also almost a 30 year old man. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, about to start hurting my joints intentionally. Is that how it works? Um, Kevin Knox, in today's NBA, I think we all have this vision, especially when and if Porzingis comes back this year or next year, where, and Tom, you're, you're kind of my go to guy on this. You've, you've got a pulse around the league, efficiency, what works, where Knox can be an ideal four in today's NBA with Zinger at the five and then trickle it down. Do I force my head into putting Knox at the four too much? Should I be accepting of him at the three? I mean, he's 19 years old, but I just, I see his frame and where the league's at. And I guess I want him at the four. He does have some, some broad shoulders where I think he could fill out. Um, the one thing about you'd, you'd worry about with him at the four is his rebounding, but in this month of December, he he averaged six rebounds per game, and in his first sixteen games, so so until November thirtieth, he was only averaging two point eight rebounds per game. So he doubled, he more than doubled his rebounds per game average in the month of December, which was by far the most encouraging thing you could see for for someone who wants to play him at the power forward position. Um, I think it's I think it's perfectly feasible for him to be able to do it with his size, his length. Um, and just the way the league is trending, you're not seeing a lot of these Derek favor, Derek favors, power forwards who are going to just punish you in the post if you're too small. So, um, I'm definitely thinking that Knox could be a four of the future. So I think, I mean, I think he, he, he's going to play a little bit of both. And I think an interesting thought, and I'm, I believe I touched on this in the beginning of the season, because I think it's, it's kind of the next step in the evolution of the league is we went from, just the guard shoot to now you want everyone to be able to shoot. But then I think the next step is you want everyone to be huge and also shoot. So like next step, I like a lineup with Kevin Knox, Kristaps Porzingis, and then like it'd be fun on offense, but I don't know about defense to have like Luke Cornett out there. Just three guys who are, you know, six ten and above all playing uh, together and all able to shoot the three and kind of create different things. Like, I think that's, that's an interesting 
uh, possibility for the future. And I think Knox gives you that ability to potentially do that because he is, you know, a quick and athletic guy who can play the three. But and Kenny, and Kenny makes a good point too because Zion Williamson's going to be on this team next year and he oh. he'll be playing the four. So, oh, good point, Tom. Good I mean, point. they'll just they'll just be so switchy. How can you even label positions? Yeah. Um, man, that Zion dunk has just been in my head like since I seen it. And I don't really know what to do about it. That that 360 tomahawk he threw down? Every angle of it, I'm just fascinated. You want to uh, t- turn your camera off? Yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, uh, <laughs> I had, a, had a big sandwich. Um, no, I, I don't know. Do we want? No, I was I was gonna say. Do we want to talk Zion? We we just can't. We just can't. We're gonna get a good player in the draft. We're gonna get a good player in the draft. I'll keep telling myself that till I end. But I, on a serious note, I I think I've I've came into this episode, you know, a little down. It's it's been a lot of losing for the Knicks lately. We had the couple silly holiday episodes, and now I've I'm almost having my holiday hangover episode on here, where it's just like, God, this is rough. Kevin Knox, our first-round pick, just won Rookie of the Month. He's 19 years old. He is one of the building blocks. The other building block that we know for sure is wearing stylish suits and, you know, going on nice boats with pretty women and certain Baltic Oceans on occasion. I guess, should should I be happier? Wait, Greg Poon's our other building block? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, Greggy P in the power of three. Um I don't know. I, I guess I, I should <laughs> – I'm trying to tell myself to be happier. New year, new me. Um, Kevin Knox just won rookie, rookie of the Month, and I don't know if coming into the season if I would have bet that. So that's good. It's super encouraging, Jake. But I, like I said, just the, the more encouraging thing is just how much better you can see he's going to get. I mean, I, I've got the stat here about his shooting in the restricted area. So in the month of December, he shot 50%. That's 26 uh, makes on 52 attempts in the restricted area. So 88 players took at least 50 shots in the restricted area in December. Knox ranked 85th out of those 88 uh, in field goal percentage. Mm. He has not been good near the rim. Like he's been, he's he's gotten bumped off his spot a bunch, and he's just not had a ton of touch. But you you see glimpses of it. You see, I mean, his floater game, it's pretty inconsistent. He's, he didn't, even in December, he only hit on 38% of his floater range shots. It's not great, but, like, there's something there. Like, he's comfortable taking it. He takes them at weird angles. He he's manages to make a good amount of them. It's just, like, he's even talked about it himself. He, he's not happy with where his efficiency is, but... Every once in a while, and pretty frequently, he'll he'll break out a play, and you're like, okay, I I could see how that can add up to to just a very solid offensive player in this league, and and one who can be like a reliable offense creator, mostly for himself. He hasn't really been able to do it for others at this point, but it's still something that you you desperately need in this league. Yeah, and I think I think part of his thing too is a lot of his. And I know I've said this before, and I it, I don't mean to you know directly compare them, but this particular aspect of the game is he's similar to James Harden when he drives, and that he's very herky jerky and kind of unorthodox. And I think in the future that will, I mean, he's getting fouled a lot now, but I think it'll lead to him getting fouled um, even more in the future once he's established himself a little bit and gets uh, a few more calls. And if he can, you know, figure out how to shoot free throws at a reasonable clip, I think that's going to be one of his biggest weapons. Yeah, and the, it's 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 where we started. It's the the stuff that he's not doing so great right now is the stuff that comes with age, the efficiency. I mean, the free throw shooting. It's uh, I, his defense has been really bad. Yeah, and that's that circles back into the whole team thing. So I I I don't want to throw him under the bus for that, but I guess. That's when that's where I get scared of him at the three. For some reason in my head, I just don't feel like he has the lateral quickness to guard threes. Is that in my head? I've been more concerned with his off the ball like help defense. I've, I've okay. pulled a few clips like just for for in case I want to write something about it. Just a, a lot of clips of him being late to rotate 
or late to help on defense. Um, on ball, he does get beat. He, he goes for a lot of pump fakes, and he, he jumps at weird times. So I, I can see where you're coming from, ra- rather having him guard power forwards than, than wings for sure. Tom, the thing is, and uh, Greg might back me on this if he was here, is that no one cares about defense. No one cares. <laughs> Guy can score points. That's all that matters. That's why. Uh, that's why Frank's not playing more. That's fair enough. Yeah, actually, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm getting closer to that frame of mind too. It's that time of year. And I mean, in in all seriousness, no, I think seriousness though. I think uh, Draymond Green said. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but you're just not allowed to play defense anymore just based on uh, the freedom of movement rules that have kind of come about and you know what they allow players to do offensively. So defense is, you know, if you can get it, it's good, but it's not necessarily an emphasis of the game at this point. I think uh, the league is trending more towards just they want people to score as much as possible. And I'm not trying to turn this into like a bash Kevin Knox segment. The only reason I'm I'm criticizing him has been to show how much room he has to grow. Like I think he's been the the Knicks offense has been so much better with him on the court than when when he comes off. Like and he's played the most minutes on the team since December by a pretty wide margin. So like he's an important part of the offense, no question. And uh, and when he sits on the bench, like the, the offense really falls apart. I will say I watched. Uh, just before this podcast, I watched all 21 of his assists in December, Ooh. and and really only two of them, were, I would say, were like actually nice passes. <laughs> Other ones were kind of like just a pass anybody would make, um, and a lot of times I wouldn't even have considered it an assist. But uh, he, he made two nice passes in transition where I was like, okay, so he has some vision. But it, w- it was a little concerning, you know, because you want to see – this guy be able to create for others too. And he's 19 years old. Like that's just another area of his game where he can get better. And it, it's exciting to, to think about that possibility. And Hey, Fizz, you're, you're giving him all the minutes. Give some to Frank. Give Let some to Frank. Let him play. Get that ankle healthy. Um, you know, speaking of being afraid, were we talking about being afraid? Uh, do we want to close with Cantor not going to the London game? I mean, yeah. any, any one-liners? What do you got? Yeah, and I, I mean, this is what I said to you guys on on our separate chat. But like, this is the this is kind of like an actual boy who cried wolf situation, um, because like this is an actual serious thing where he is a wanted man in Turkey, right? Um, and like the the Turkish dictator Erdogan is not necessarily the most friendly of guys, and I know I think he had a. Uh, like he's the kind of guy who jails political opponents, and he, in fact, jailed uh, I think his Cantor's father at some point. Yeah. Um, so like it's an actual serious thing, but like I don't know that that uh, you know Cantor is actually in any potential danger of being killed. I think it, more likely potential of him being arrested or something like that. But I don't know, and that's the thing about Cantor is like he's saying this stuff. But he always says stuff, so I don't know whether I should believe him, or if this is if, and this is an actual, you know, serious concern of his, or if it's just him kind of making a statement and trying to kind of build up a little more, you know, um, to build up a little more of his political, uh, you know, background and trying to fight against uh, Erdogan and his dictatorship. Yeah, this is a perfect storm of like a very serious topic and a very. Uh, in myself, a very uneducated person on the topic where I, I really don't want to say anything that's going to like ruin a future political career of mine. So uh, I, I really, I have no idea what, I didn't even know what the, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say any, anymore. Yeah, so, I guess. So I will say that he has been very outspoken against Erdogan and because of that, he is no longer welcome in his own home country. Um, I think there was at some point he, he had his uh, Turkish passport revoked so he couldn't travel. Um, so there was some issue with that. I don't know if it was last year or a couple of years ago. Um, so it, it is a very serious thing. And like, I don't want to make light of it. But also, like, I think in a political arena, I don't know if killing a celebrity is a thing that a person who is looking to stay in power would do um but again maybe it is so who knows 
Yeah, the, the whole thing, I don't want to say bizarre because that does sound unfair to the Turkish people <laughs> that are going through this. Um, but I, I just think it was it was very it was very canter. Like I think there was a way to handle this like politically that in his head he thinks he wanted to do, be like, I don't want to go over there. Like I don't think literally it's not safe for me and I'm sorry and I you know want to raise awareness to the issue. Instead he said I'm worried about being killed. And it's like ah canter. It, it's not even that. It said he's worried about being killed by spies. Which right. is like that's like, a little, we don't yeah, know enough. I, we don't know enough. Again, we don't we don't know enough, but like I think you're right that there was he had, you know, the opportunity to say something a little more, you know, correct, politically correct. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but a little more like toned down, um, that would have kind of gotten his message across a little better, I think. But I, I think a lot of people who just don't know the situation will just kind of look at that and think it's kind of a joke now rather than, you know, having his opportunity to, to use his, his kind of, um, right. being a platform in, for good. Yeah. To use his platform to, you know, kind of advance his cause. Tom closing thoughts on the Turkish government. <laughs> I got nothing for you here. Jake. Um, <laughs> no, I just, yeah. I don't know the situation well enough. If, if, <laughs> if he really is, if he's actually concerned about being killed by spies, then don't go to London. Yeah. I, I have no idea. So uh, that's <laughs> that was, talking politics. Yeah. I, I, you, you guys don't get the video, but I, what I just saw Tom's head roll through made me very happy. So um, fellas, um, unless you have any closing thoughts, I, I mentioned we're uh where the Knicks are rounding out their West Coast trip uh, at Portland, at Golden State, and then they have home against Indy, home against Philly. Um, I don't know. Again, two of the better scoring Western Conference teams on the road while we have some injuries. I don't know how you expect that to go. And then Indy and Philly are playing for playoff spots. Um, as Tom Piccolo once said, watch Kevin Knox. Hope he's good. Because that's that's kind of what we've got going now. Ken, I, I quoted Tom for the exit. Final thoughts? Mixtape. Mixtape. You, you should quote me. Lose the right way, right? Lose <laughs> the right way. That's absolutely. That's it. That's it. That's all. With three payments of twenty nine ninety nine, you can lose the right way. Um, if you've been listening, thank you. Um, and uh, I a, a little serious from the heart. It's tough to be a Knicks fan. <laughs> if, if if we're part of your coping. Uh, we appreciate it. If you could leave a review, we'd appreciate that. Follow at Talking Knicks uh, for some live tweets, some silly tweets, some loving. Check out Tommy's articles from the B Ball Index. Hambone? Yeah, yeah. I should have another one coming out pretty soon. I want to write about Alonzo Trier. Okay. Ooh. Heard of him. Didn't mention him a lot this podcast. No, I want to save some of that stuff. I, I've got some, some good nuggets here. Um, right. Save those for the, for the article. We can talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. We'll see you guys there. Thank you so much, and let's go Knicks. Knicks tape. Ooh.